You're listening to Conversations with Coopman. On this podcast series, we invite guests who are qualified professionals and industry experts to talk to us about the latest topics and trends happening in the financial services market. Welcome to Conversations with Coopman, Series 2, Making Sustainability Your Business, in association with Montree Planted. Montree Planted are a global, not-for-profit reforestation organization. Joining myself and Mark on this episode is Louis Legou from Montree Planted. Louis works on strategic partnerships, and it's his mission to restore the planet's forests. With a passion for rewilding and ecosystem reforestation, Louis believes restoring natural systems can address many of our most pressing issues. Louis talks to us about how One Tree Planted started and what they do, what trends he is seeing in sustainability and challenges being faced at ground level, and gives us his thoughts on COP26. As a partner to One Tree Planted, we wanted to create more awareness around the important work they do and hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Louis. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. Um, so I suppose there's no better man to be able to tell us exactly who One Tree Planted are and what it is that you guys do. Absolutely. So at One Tree Planted, we're a nonprofit with a very simple mission, and that is to plant trees all over the world and to restore ecosystems, to capture carbon, to create space for wildlife, to create economic opportunities, all of the benefits that can come from these projects when they are done right. Yeah. And so we, we're working with companies of, of all sizes. We're collaborating with international organizations of different types. And it's really thanks to organizations like Koopman that are supporting our work that we're able to do this and to keep growing the impact that we have. Brilliant, Louis. Brilliant. And tell us exactly what's happening on a wider scale, because obviously you guys are international. And I suppose, you know, where does it start and, and, and where, where is it? Where is it going to go to? Absolutely. So it started out, so Matt, who's um, the One Tree Planted founder. So it, it all started in about 2014. And with sustainability, I think he, he saw that many businesses were struggling to find simple and easy ways to get involved and to have an impact. So that's from where our model was born. And our model from the beginning was very, very simple. It's $1 donated, one tree planted. And that's the same whether it's for 10 trees or, you know, 100,000 trees. It's the same whether it's for a project in California or Peru or Kenya. So keeping it really simple helped businesses that wanted to get involved. And then the way that we work as, as an organization is we really are very collaborative. So we're not the ones in all of these countries kind of doing all these projects ourselves. We're funding projects which are carried out by a range of really, really amazing partners. So. For example, in Uganda, we're working with the Jane Goodall Institute, who are doing really amazing work restoring chimpanzee habitat and restoring those forests, working with local landowners to restore those forests um, and also create some kind of jobs and economic opportunities. In California, we're working with um, the United States Forest Service and Cal Fire, which is restoring forests after there's been forest fires. And then in Ecuador, we work with, with um, the Separa, an indigenous women's group who do a lot of community-led restoration. So 
it's it's been quite a journey and we, we've grown a lot um you know in our first few years we were just you know we planted a few hundred thousand trees and then this year it's probably going to be about 25 million which is a huge jump obviously we've kind of almost doubled from last year and i think next year we might we might do so again so it's been quite the journey especially in the last two or three years you know i think we're very fortunate to be relatively unaffected by the whole COVID pandemic actually because our work was already quite delegated into different countries and you know they were already on the ground they had the the infrastructure we were able to continue doing that and I think for businesses which is where the majority of our funding comes from when there was a bit of a slowdown and a pause I think you know maybe a lot of stores had to shut down businesses had to kind of go on on standby they took that opportunity to slightly reevaluate how they do things and a lot of them came back thinking that they wanted to do more for sustainability. I suppose like you, you guys are obviously working on these these projects. Obviously, you mentioned the one in California about reforestation of the, of the forest fires and so forth. But obviously, you know, you're, I know you were at COP26 quite recently and there's a lot mm-hmm. of issues around climate change and, and the impact it is having on our environment. Like, what are you guys seeing at a ground level globally? What are the real impacts of climate change that you guys are actually seeing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, first of all, yeah, climate change is is really kind of an overarching symptom of, of a lot of the problems and the problematic relationship we have with, with the natural world. But also, you know, climate change is not the only one. You know, the majority of forest loss at the moment is not due to climate change. It's due to land use change. So it's due to people chopping down forests for soy, you know, in Brazil, maybe, for right. palm oil plantations. So... It's really about, yeah, looking at how climate change is impacting it, but also how agriculture is impacting, how pollution is impacting. But definitely what's an interesting impact of climate change in some of the projects we do is is the trees which we're planting. So in all of the projects, we're looking to not just plant trees, it's really restoring forests. Um, There's a principle called FLR, which is forest landscape restoration, around which many of our projects kind of use that ethos. And... When we're looking at the species which we're selecting, and we're working with our local partners on the ground to do this, the the mix of species has to be a mix because that's what forests are. They're diverse. And the more diverse you have an ecosystem, the more resilient it is. You know, if if one tree gets sick, then you you have many others to take its place. Um, Mm. And you have a diversity of habitats, of, of, you know, food for, for all the animals in the ecosystem. But now, the trees we're planting, we're not planting trees for how you know for for next year we're planting trees that are going to be there for you know in 40 years in 50 years um ideally a lot longer than any of us will be around and so that means that the this the trees are kind of sometimes going higher in altitude so species which maybe would have been found at a slightly lower altitude being planted a bit higher um because you know maybe the, the winters are that little bit less cold or maybe species which are a bit more drought resistant i mean especially in the, you know in the u.s um west coast these factors are all coming into play so the species mix is changing slightly and you have to do these restoration projects designing it around the climate as it will be in 50 years not necessarily to as it is now which is a very interesting and very complex you know set of decisions that has to be made by people who are far more technically minded than i am (laughs) what are you seeing in terms of trends then um because obviously you know you guys are very much forward-looking you know, you're thinking obviously 50, 100 years, you know, ahead, obviously because of the lifespan of, of, of a tree potentially, you know. But um, but I suppose there has been a big sustainability movement 
you know, globally over the last, what, maybe 18 months to two years. And I think a lot of businesses are are, are changing their mindsets, especially at a, at a board level, I suppose. Like, are you seeing any trends yourselves within One Tree Planted over the last, you know, or, or do you foresee anything changing even in the next two to three years? Yes. I mean, even at, at COP, where I just was, there were some trends. I think in general, the sustainability discourse is expanding and changing for the better in the way that I feel it's looking beyond just carbon. Well, I think before it was, okay, we have to be carbon neutral and that's it. Everything will be fine. Companies are looking at how can they also have a positive impact on ecosystems, on you know water, um, on preventing pollution, on a very holistic view, because all of these issues are tied into each other. And so that means that there's a lot more research going into nature-based solutions to climate change. So instead of, you know, maybe waiting for some kind of miracle technology that's going to suck all the carbon out of the atmosphere, we look at what are the really critical systems which can help to regulate the planet that we can help to restore, such as forests, but also it can be um, peatlands, it can be um, blue carbon. So, you know, helping the oceans to capture carbon through, you know, all sorts of interesting kind of in aquaculture projects, there's a lot of looking at how we can help nature to essentially fix itself. And that that's a bit of a kind of a shift in instead of just looking at purely, okay, we need to reduce the carbon. It's actually, if we repair these ecosystems, if they're healthy and they're diverse, then they will really do it. And also address many other challenges at the same time. So I think that's, that's exciting. That's good to see because it addresses many problems at once. Um, you know, rather than just kind of buying a carbon credit, which may be, you know, is funding a, a renewable energy project, that's great. But also, you know, restoring ecosystems, you know, the, the return that you get on investment for restoring ecosystems is massive. Uh, you know, I don't want to say any numbers, but I think, you know, I think it's something like, you know, it's kind of like 20 to 1 it can be if, if you're kind of restoring mangroves, for example, because it creates habitat for marine life. So it can really help fish stocks. It prevents coastal erosion. And, you know, it just has so many other benefits. It slows down sediment get, getting into the oceans. It really has massive, massive benefits. So that's what I've seen as the biggest change is we're looking at people are starting to look more as, at nature as, as the solution, just repairing it and understanding how much value it actually has. And in terms of going back a, a step, Louis, you know, you talked about kind of a few hundred thousand trees seven years ago, up to 25 million this year. When you look at the the impacts in terms of kind of land use for soy and for palm oil, are you planting enough trees to kind of counteract that loss of land? I mean, what kind of numbers do do we need to be hitting, or like you as an organization need to be hitting to be be ahead of that? So we're in kind of positive and not constantly in, in, in or negative, if that makes sense. Yes. Well, short answer: absolutely not. Really, we're, we're nowhere near um, you know reaching the numbers that are lost every year. Also, even if those numbers were equal, um, you know, mature trees and mature forests have a lot more value than, you know, newly planted forests because they, they, have, a le- they have a kind of level of ecological complexity, you know, where you have old trees, which are up in the canopy, you have lots of different habitats, they're capturing more carbon because you have bigger plants. So, you know, one acre of old growth forest conserved is worth a lot more than a kind of an acre of freshly planted forests. And you know that's there are these um, really kind of I forget there was a um, some kind of institution who published 
these 10 golden rules for kind of reforestation. One of the first ones is just conserve what's there. And that is really important as well. Because, yeah, you know, just some of these forests have taken hundreds, if not thousands of years to reach that level of, you know, complexity, you know, the trees being that old, young tree, all of this complexity just takes a long time to reach. But I think there is, yeah, I, I do feel like it's, there is a kind of tipping point coming where hopefully things will get better. And again, it depends a lot where you are in the world. In, in Europe in general, Europe's forest cover has grown massively over the last hundred years. Um, you know, in the kind of during the Industrial Revolution, we, we cut down everything. And in countries like France, forest covers really um, increased dramatically in the last century. Ireland and the UK, we're not very good. We're really very low down, but it's changing. So, yeah, in a lot of the world, though, you know, tropical um, Brazil, Indonesia, Bolivia, and in the kind of Congo Basin, these are the places which are kind of the current front lines really against deforestation so preservation is is a, is a key challenge um what other challenges are you guys seeing on the ground at kind of ground level um well forest fires especially in the in north america in the west coast um is very challenging and some of our partners this year had to evacuate you know the sites that they were restoring because fires came through and yeah, I think in, in Europe, you know, we're all in Europe. I think it's we find it hard maybe to, to understand that the scale of it, but it is really quite terrifying. Um, and, the, and the kind of frequency and severity of these fires has increased so much within the last five years uh, that that's posing a major challenge to, to restoration and to the forests that are already there. And I suppose um, you mentioned before we uh, kicked off this podcast that you're, you're incredibly busy and you have lots of new partnerships obviously yeah i think you guys recently announced your your partnership with coldplay and everything like that what do you foresee happening for you guys now in the next 12 months or what's your plans or or where do you see this going um i think our plan really is to continue doing what we do and to help scale up these great projects which are happening already so we know what needs to be done that's what i sometimes find frustrating at places like Sometimes at places like COP or in some of these kind of discussions, people say, well, what can we do? If only we knew what to do. And, you know, you almost want to shout, well, look, we know exactly what to do, right? We, we, we need to restore ecosystems. We need to plant forests. We need to stop chopping everything down. We need to stop polluting. It's that simple. So it's really, I think, our goal now is to just scale up the work which can be done, which needs to be done, um, implement the solutions which we know exist, and that means working with a range of new business partners. That means working with a range of new organizations on the ground. And yeah, hopefully really delivering that impact at scale. And just on the, the COP, because you mentioned it a couple of times now, and I know you were there for, for the full duration, um, probably doing lots of meetings. What was kind of your key takeaways then in terms of what what were they discussing? What, what do you think is is coming away from that that's going to assist you in kind of meeting targets and, and kind of ramping up and scaling up yeah so there was a, um, a potentially landmark agreement on ending deforestation which was very exciting which was kind of ending deforestation by 2030 then there was a slight kind of backtrack i think it was from the indonesians where they kind of committed to it and then i think they slightly backtracked but that remains to be seen if that can translate into, you know, action or just, you know, the end of deforestation. That would be huge. Um, that would be really great. 
I think there's all of the kind of carbon cuts and all of the kind of, you know, cutting coal, all of that stuff. I'm not really paying so much attention to because it's it's very much outside of what I understand. But but it seems that there were some agreements which which were achieved. Um, but I think in general, a lot more funding is going into nature-based solutions, is going into ecosystem restoration, and a lot more communities are being listened to who are in these places directly impacted. That was one thing about this COP compared to others. There was a much stronger kind of indigenous presence, you know, local people who own the land or who should own the land, but who, who've you know lived there for generations, who are the guardians of the land, really having a voice because these um, forests are not just kind of a natural resource, they're, they're homes to, to, to people who've you know lived in them, you know, many different, yeah, many, many different kind of peoples have lived there in, you know, kind of having a, a good balance for, for thousands of years. So listening to those communities, letting them have a voice, especially because there is a lot of, intimidation, violence, and, and, you know, killing of indigenous land activists happening all over the world, you know, people who are just trying to protect their homes from mining or logging. So highlighting those voices, listening to those people who are on the ground is is really important. And that's what I saw happening, which was really encouraging. That's great. Um, and I think it's, it's a, a point now where, you know, there's enough talking that we need to see action. Um, and, and hopefully, as you said, you know, those deforestation commitments and, and funding levels uh, are seen to come through. Look, I think from, from our side, you know, Koopman partnered with One Tree Planted uh, with a goal that for every placement we made, we would, you know, donate a, a, 10 trees uh, on behalf of the, of the client and an individual that we, we support. And the goal was when we looked for our partner that, you know, was that, as you talk about, that kind of easy business model, one dollar, one tree, that as we scaled our commitments and our, I suppose our plantations would, would grow as well. In terms of other companies that are looking to partner with you, what would you say, you know, in terms of how to go about doing it? You know, what, how can they get involved? And, and I suppose what, what, you know, what would be the benefits for, for them? We understand our benefits. It would be great for you to, yeah. uh, to share with Absolutely. Well, I think really the key thing is that there's no commitment in, in doing this. There's no kind of right or wrong way to go about it. So it could just be, you know, around the holidays, Instead of doing Black Friday, we're going to plant a tree for every product we sell, for example. And you could just do that for a day, test it out, see how it feels, see what the feedback is. You know, all partners can do something more permanent, but there's no minimum. There's no kind of right or wrong way to go about it. It's really about being flexible. And if anyone is interested, absolutely, go. they can go to our website, look at our business partners page, or come find me on, on LinkedIn. Um, shoot me a message, more than happy to help. And yeah, just really... We're happy to work with anyone. There's no right or wrong way. There's never too little. There's never too much. Um, I think in a lot of campaigns and in a lot of people trying to be sustainable, you can kind of sometimes allow perfect to become the enemy of good. You know, and you think, oh, is this perfect? No, just the, it's better to do something now which is good than to kind of worry about it and you know try have the perfect kind of sustainability strategy. And you know, with trees. There's a good expression, you know, the, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the mm. second best time is now because um, they, they, they do take a bit of time to get started sometimes growing. But um, yeah, it's really something which can, can be an immediate impact. And it's something which is easy to communicate as well. It's tangible. If you're saying to people, you know, a tree has been planted, which, it, you know, it is, you know, we have all these projects and we're carrying out tree planting all year. It, it's tangible and it means something. 
And it has all these other benefits. You know, it's not just saying, oh, you know, we've kind of, you know, bought this carbon credit. You know, it's, these trees are, for example, it could be a tree in Peru, which is an agroforestry project. So planting trees, working with local landowners, smallholder farmers, these trees all help to provide income because they will, some of them will be, um, you know, they'll have kind of a cash crop and then it'll also prevent soil erosion. It'll help water to get into the ground. It'll increase their incomes. So, so many different benefits. And it's possible to look through the projects and choose to fund particular projects based on maybe a particular interest. Maybe it's, you know, planting mangroves because there's a connection to the ocean. Maybe it's, um, you know, planting trees in the US because there's a connection to there. So it's very flexible, very open. Well, thank you for that, Larry. And like I know I speak for, for myself and Mark when I say that we, you know, we're very proud of our partnership with One Tree Planted and the great work that you guys have done and are doing. Um, and I think you've really brought a lot of the important issues to light today and you know, really shared, you know, some of the great work that, that's happening on the ground. So I uh, wish you all the best uh, next year and the years ahead with, with what you're doing. And as I said, you know, if anybody is looking to, to partner with One Tree Planted, obviously they can reach out to you directly and, and kind of learn more. And, Super. Well, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for the support which Koopman is continuously giving us. It's yeah, really great to be working together and long may it continue. And maybe one day we'll get out and um, plant some trees together in Ireland because we do have a project there and it would be great to get our hands dirty. Mark, Definitely. Andrew, Mark likes a bit of labor now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much, Louis. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Conversations with Koopman. To subscribe to our channels, or to sign up to our mailing list, please visit koopman.ie forward slash podcast. Koopman is an award-winning specialist financial services recruitment firm operating internationally across front office, risk, compliance, and accounting. For further information about these markets, please reach out to us directly.